podcasting from a town called Manalapan, New Jersey. This is That Oneness Guy, a podcast covering the many aspects and elements that embody oneness. I am your host, Danny Rongo, and yes, I am That Oneness Guy. As an author, a singer, songwriter, and a podcaster, I continue to share my message of oneness. So my friends, let's get right into podcasting. If you've been following along, you know that I like to break up the interviews by narrating the chapters of my latest book and oneness guide that's called The Ways of Oneness, Helping to Navigate Life, that, by the way, is now available in a Kindle version on Amazon. It's with direct thanks to my wife, Andrea, who's, who's listened to like literally hundreds of books in her car throughout her work, and she's going back and forth, and she uses that Audible app. And uh, she turned me on to it recently, and I, and I became just as hooked. And it was that inspiration that I needed to actually start the process of narrating my own book, which I'm loving so far, by the way. So um, in my last episode, I narrated chapter three, which uh, was about navigating our way through what some call death, but we in the spiritual realm know it as transitioning. And I was initially going to go back to an interview for this episode, but the scheduling didn't work out with my guest, um, so I decided just to narrate another chapter here. So today, I will be reading chapter four, which is officially titled, Your Voice. Your destination and purpose lie ahead, navigating to find your voice and purpose. So, sit back, pour yourself the beverage of your choice, and let me read to you. Your voice, your destination and purpose lie ahead, navigating to find your voice and purpose. When considering how and if we've found our voice or our purpose in life, I feel it's important to recognize if our foundation or the thoughts, beliefs, and values that we grew up with are truly our own. Because how can we honestly pursue anything in life if it doesn't resonate with our inner being and our source? It's like taking college courses to be a lawyer when every ounce of our gut yearns to be a doctor. Now, to find our voice or purpose, we need total alignment with what our energies and oneness have in store for us. With that said, I feel the need to address what might be at the core of who you are. So oneness asks you, are your beliefs your own or what you were taught? It's a question that typically raises an eyebrow or two when asked, but as we navigate through life, we have to know the truth to this question. Notice that I didn't say the answer, but the truth. Once we get to a certain understanding of oneness, this question makes more sense, and your answer is conveyed quickly and with assurance. I'm sure if I asked you face-to-face right now, you would say that your beliefs are your own, and they may be. But what I found out is that if you take an extra moment to consider the question, you might come to a different conclusion. Let's get off the road. It's time for a Danny blurb. For instance, 
It's easier when I use myself as an example. I was raised a Catholic. It's what my parents practiced and believed in, and it's what they shared with their children. So I can safely and honestly say that I was taught that. And it wasn't until later on in my life when I started to develop what would become my unique spirituality that I drifted away from religion in general. Not necessarily the foundation of Christianity, but I was no longer able to associate with all that religion had placed upon me, the dogma and the fear primarily, which led me to uncover my spirituality and oneness fairly early in my life. And from that point on, any consequential values that presented themselves to me led me to my own beliefs, at least as they pertain to spirituality. But when I take into consideration the multitude of beliefs and values that were instilled upon me as a child, how do I know which ones were my own? And if you think about it, it's what most parents and in turn schools teach us, that we need to be good, that we need to do well in school, especially if you want to get anywhere in life. So I ask you, how much of who and what we become is just a passing of the guard, per se, from our parents? We are most definitely a product of who we were born to and where. Not that it's a bad thing. I just think that we need to recognize that for what it is especially from an emotional perspective. I mean, how we react to many of the circumstances that we face in life is a direct correlation to how our parents would have reacted, right? And it's not until we get further along in our spiritual journey that we begin to change. Or do we? Some people never change. And again, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just making an observation. The way that I found my voice and purpose, especially as it pertains to oneness, is interesting to say the least. As you'll read throughout this book, I acknowledged the intuitive feelings I received early on in my life. Those gut feelings, aka intuition, are what led me on my path. I don't know if it was right or wrong per se, but specifically remember being receptive to what I was feeling that came in the way of intuition. And as I continued to read the interpretations from many of the masters and messengers, some you'll read in this book, it truly became a way of life for me. I knew that if I didn't listen to my gut, as they say, that it would be a disservice to me. I wasn't sure where I was heading in life, but I knew that whatever I did and whatever path I chose, that would be a directive from my higher source, God or Stevels. That's why finding your voice and purpose is so important. And that's why I had to make the topic of a chapter in this book. Face it, we are all the sum of our collective choices throughout our life. Hindsight plays a natural part in all of our lives and we'll never know the what-ifs that we all naturally think about. For example, what if I stayed with so-and-so? What if I went to college? What if I stayed in college? What if I took that job? 
What if I made a left instead of a right? What if I stayed home that night? And the list can go on and on. So with all these decisions to make in life, some more important than others and some life-altering, don't you want the self-satisfaction of at least knowing that you followed your intuition? You have to. You can drive yourself nuts contemplating how, how different your life may have been or could have been. That doesn't do anyone any good. Through the ways of oneness, we've come to learn that no matter what we're trying to navigate, that there is only one direction, and that is forward. We've also learned in Oneness 101, if you may, that there is no past. So to ponder over decisions you've made years ago serves no purpose. This is why we learn to live in the now, for this is all we have. This time-space reality of ours is just one big now. Please remember and know how very important it is to follow your intuition, a.k.a. your gut, for all decisions you make, especially the ones that you know are so very important. But I want this chapter to challenge you and your thoughts in the hopes that you uncover your voice, and specifically how oneness plays a part within your life's journey. So now, as it pertains to oneness, the fact that we're connected to one and all, are you open to that concept? Do you relate to it at all or to some degree? Or do you still hear your mother or father's words in your head telling you differently? Maybe it wasn't in a harmful or mean way, but I know that generation, the greatest generation, very well, and times were different. Maybe you haven't reached a point in your journey yet where oneness resonates with you and makes sense. And hey, that's okay. Like I've preached throughout my blogs, podcast episodes, and throughout my book, there is no right or wrong way to live your life. Life just is. Now, I've heard so many definitions of oneness. How do you define oneness? The definition you'll see in most dictionaries is this. The state of being completely united with someone or something. Now, most people get that. It's a fairly simple concept, right? And regarding the topic of this chapter, there are still a lot of folks out there who believe that oneness only applies to the physical because that's what they were taught. Meaning, what we are as human beings, right? And now that's what my parents taught me and your parents probably taught you, that we should care for one another and never hurt anyone. And if that's as far as you want to take it, that's great as long as you recognize that we all share the same blood, and as long as you put skin color, language, and where you live aside and don't harm another person, that's okay. But as we can clearly see, we as a society have problems with that, for we don't recognize the physical aspect of oneness. We continue to kill and harm one another. And the walls of divisiveness grow larger every day. And I don't know about you, but that's what drives me. I don't get it. I can't comprehend hate in any form, 
and I don't relate to how we can harm another, let alone kill someone. So as I grew within my spirituality, I knew that oneness had to represent something more. I knew that it couldn't just pertain to the physical aspect of our lives. That's when I asked myself, how can I get those people to understand oneness when they have no regard for the physical bodies that we are? And that's when I decided to add the spiritual side to how I discuss and share the topic of oneness. My thinking remains that if people don't choose to accept the physical side of oneness, maybe, just maybe, they can relate to the spiritual side. So that's how I bring in your higher source, God, Allah, Buddha, or whatever you call your higher source. You see, it doesn't matter what you call your higher source as long as you understand that you emanate from a spiritual entity, a force, an energy, if you may. I used God in the title of my first book because, you know, simply I know that it's the most recognizable name. For when I first realized that oneness included my God, that's when I realized the complete totality of it. That oneness represents the inclusion with one and all and everything. There's nothing in the universe that oneness is not a part of. Now, these were words and thoughts I did not hear from my parents. This is no fault of theirs. My parents were living their own lives. And so was I. I was just at a part of my spiritual journey where I questioned and wondered about the spiritual side of oneness, and I acted upon it, but my challenge remained. How can I prove that oneness goes beyond the physical and includes the spiritual? And that's when I knew that I had to prove to people that we are more than these bodies. Most people think that they know that. They believe that their mind represents some spiritual aspect of their life. They believe that while they're alive and on this earth that they are human beings having a spiritual experience. And while that sounds good, it's not correct. Because on our journey here in this life form, we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. It's the other way around. For we are spiritual beings having this human experience. So then it became my obsession to prove it. It became an obsession because teaching oneness in just the physical realm isn't enough. And we see the proof of that every single day. Just turn on the news. Okay, so how do I prove that we are connected spiritually? How can I prove that we are these spiritual beings that I just referenced? For those who recall, you'll remember that I used a few different examples, but there's the one that always makes people stop, stare, and think about it. And it's that hypothetical situation that you just heard about in the last chapter of someone who's about to die in a hospital and they get weighed, right? And for argument's sake, they weigh 200 pounds. A minute goes by and that person passes away and they get weighed again and they find out that they still weigh 200 pounds, all right, so what does that tell you? What does that tell us? It tells us, again, that whatever constitutes life as we know it is weightless, right? Think about it. The person weighed 200 pounds while alive, and then a, mil a minute later, he dies and still weighs 200 pounds. 
Again, so whatever constitutes this life of ours is at the very least weightless. And that is because, my friends, we are not these bodies. We are spirit. That is why this little story is so important to my message of oneness. I used it in my first book. I use it in blogs and podcasts, public appearances, even when I'm singing. I still talk about this. And I'm using it here, too, because I can't find a more clear-cut explanation that defines us as spirit. Now, as long as I'm on this roll regarding both the physical and spiritual sides of oneness, and while we're still discussing what thoughts are our own, I want to go a little deeper. Many of you know that in oneness, we emanate from one source, be it God, spirit, or energy, folks. We are just individualized expressions of that one source. In my talks, I have given another example of what I mean by that. Now, this example helps to paint a picture of what I mean when I say that we are individualized expressions of one source. Let's say you go to the beach with a bucket. You walk down to the ocean and you fill up your bucket with water. Now here's a question for you. Is the water in the bucket still considered the ocean? Well, yes, of course it is. Now the same scenario, but let's say that the ocean is your God or spirit. You dip the bucket in and take it out. Is what's in the bucket still considered your God? Yes, of course it is. That is because we are an expression or an individualized part of that source. Now there's so much more, but I hope that an example like that helped to paint a picture for you. I just thought that at this stage of the conversation, especially when laying the foundation for finding our voice and purpose, that it's important to challenge you by asking you that question. Are your beliefs your own or what you were taught? I know it got me thinking many years ago. And that is why I needed to add my personal experiences regarding the different aspects of oneness because they are my thoughts. I came to discover them in my own ways and in my own time. I allowed my spirituality to present many questions to me, and because I allowed it to, I was presented with the answers in the most natural of ways. But regarding our families, based on where you might stand with them, based on your thoughts versus theirs, it still adds for potentially uncomfortable conversations especially if you've moved away from some of the beliefs your parents may have instilled in you. Like, for example, if your father is a staunch Republican and you sit at the Thanksgiving table and strike up a conversation about the democratic way of life and the new left, you can see where that might lead. Now, that's just one example, but I'm sure you can think of many more. Or how about if you're a parent? Have you placed your beliefs and values upon your child or children? Again, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I just want us all to realize that we, mostly as parents, tend to share what we've been told down to our children. And in most cases, they do the same with their children, and so the cycle continues.
But this book is about oneness, and I am that oneness guy, so I have to tie this all together in those confines. So here it goes. This is the most glaring of differences between parents and those who understand oneness. Do you not believe that we are all one because your parents didn't? Do you believe that you cannot be uttered in the same breath as God because your parents would never consider it? Be honest. Are those beliefs yours or are you just carrying them down from generation to generation? If you can honestly say that those are your beliefs, that's cool. I understand. But if you hesitated for even just a moment, keep thinking about it. I know these can be uncomfortable questions to ask yourselves. I get it. I told you that I'm from a large Italian family. We were all raised the same way as Catholics. I have many friends who are roughly the same age as me. They've seen me speak. They've read some of my blogs. Some of them may even have read my book. We maintain great friendships and relationships with one another. And when we get together, we have the absolute best times. But I know that many of them hold on to their religious beliefs that they were taught as children. And at the foundation of those beliefs, one could never consider being one with God because that is considered blasphemous. For more on that, we read chapter one of the last book called Let's Address the Blasphemous Elephant in the Room. And that is simply because most religions want to implant in the mind of their congregation that God is separate from you. There are many reasons for this, but the biggest reason is to keep the fear factor alive and well within their church. So I'll ask you again, are you living your life through your own beliefs and values, or are they your parents? The objective here is to challenge you, because I know that so many of us continue to live our lives from the premise of what our parents told us. Again, not that it's necessarily a bad thing at all. I just want to initiate the conversation and get you to think about it. Because as we navigate through life using the ways of oneness, it becomes imperative to know the truth. I grew up learning about one Abraham. Little did I know. I felt that this would be a great place to insert some of the sheer divinity and inspiration that is the spirit guide channeled by spiritual author and speaker Esther Hicks, known as Abraham. I'll be referencing Abraham throughout the book because currently Andrea and I have been meditating daily on their words that Esther conveys through her many videos. You'll notice that when I refer to Abraham, I'll use the pronoun there and not he. That is because Esther tells us that many spirits come to her when she channels them. She uses the name Abraham to refer to them collectively. Whenever you hear Abraham speak, either through Esther Hicks or in a book, they remind us that we all came here with a specific plan. So the voice or the purpose that we seek is already in place. It is our immediate physical environment that is in place to inspire us as long as we are in alignment with our source. And we know that we are on the right track and fulfilling our purpose by the way we are feeling. When we are feeling good or feeling inspired, 
or as Wayne Dyer used to say, in spirit, we resonate at a higher vibration. And when that happens, we experience a feeling of expectation. And we have the knowledge that our desires will manifest. Abraham also reminds us of the beauty and the tapestry that life is. Think about it from that perspective for a moment. Everyone in your entire life plays a specific role in helping you. And you play a specific role in helping everyone you encounter as well. Now, when you consider the almost 8 billion people in the world, that thought process becomes unfathomable until it is not. We should be in awe of the fact that we're continually given hand-fed inspiration from those we meet and know. It is all for us as individuals, and we should never compare ourselves to others in any way. We can only offer and receive inspiration. Our value to ourselves and others should never be diminished. Abraham, Wayne Dyer, and every great messenger throughout time have reminded us that life is not yesterday or tomorrow. We live in an eternal now. It remains our primary function to think good and to feel good right now. Even as you read these words, stop for a second and ask yourself if you feel good. Go ahead. I'll wait. Awesome. I'm glad you do, because I do too. Even as I'm typing these words, I feel inspired to be sharing these thoughts and ideas on how navigating using the ways of oneness. If you don't like the job or occupation that you're currently with, the only way out is to change your narrative. Change the way you think about it right now. Create a positive thought and image about it that will instantly change your attitude. When your attitude changes to one of a positive nature about anything, your vibration rises. You'll then become more aligned with your source, God, Stevels. And as we've learned, that is how you initiate the change in your life. You have to feel good. Does that sound too easy? I know it does. But it is. When we discuss finding your voice and purpose by using the ways of oneness, there's only one way to start, and that is by feeling good. I can still tie in some good old Wayne Dyer who said, there is no way to happiness. Happiness is the way. We have to come to know this internally. No matter how much money or fame that a job or career may give you, if you are not genuinely happy throughout the process, you'll never have that happy ending. You need to be inspired. Listen to your intuition. Look for that feeling you get when you know you're doing something that resonates with your higher self, like I'm doing right now. I know that sharing my message of oneness is the right path for me. I've been following my intuition and growing within my spirituality for more than 40 years now. I have that feeling. You'll know what yours is as well. Just stay receptive until you feel it. What seems to be the biggest hurdle for those of the greatest generation is that they can get behind the thought of being one with each other, but not one with God. And therein lies the greatest irony that I've always spoken about. 
that being one with everyone and everything most definitely includes God, how could it not? And I'm sure you can understand why religions don't want you to believe that, right? Because it doesn't help their bottom line. For my devout Catholics, I've stated many direct quotes from the Bible, including when Jesus said, Haven't I said even you are God's? John 10, there's 34. So how do you translate that? What part of that aren't you getting? We as kids were told the very opposite, that we are not and could never be one with God. What a shame. Why is that, you ask? Because religion is a business. And they found out a long time ago that fear is the best way to keep a congregation coming back and paying their bills. Religion doesn't want you to think that you and God are one because it doesn't serve their purpose. And when it comes right down to the topic of this chapter, let me tell you this. Religion is what we are taught. Spirituality is what we discover. Do you agree with those two statements? I do. I know when I was taught as a child, and I certainly know what I discovered during my life when I began to ask questions. So when I realized that religion doesn't want me to know that I am one with God, and for what reasons, it all made sense to me. But keeping the truth from people is as bad as the Santa Claus lie, if you ask me, and worse. At least we were able to come to terms with Santa. But not being one with God? Again, that's, that's just a shame. We're losing so many years of our lives without the comfort of knowing that I am that I am. And I am God. And so are you, my friends. I have the comfort of knowing that. And it is my sincere hope that if you don't already, then someday soon you will. Self-awareness helps us find our way. The topic of this chapter asks us if our thoughts are our own or if they were handed down to us. Either way, those thoughts eventually became our truths. Self-awareness is a knowing and a truth of being connected to our higher source. We cannot attain self-awareness if we live our lives primarily within the physical. It takes meditation. It takes going to the spiritual side to become aware of the man behind the curtain. It's that awareness that recognizes the energies that we all share. That same awareness then comes to realize how aligning those energies is the key to what we intend to manifest. How important it is to stay receptive and listen to your inner voice, your intuition. For when we do this, we immediately become self-aware. It's our way of acknowledging our source, God, Stevels, and in turn, we know that our vibrations naturally rise when we take such actions. There's no way they can't. When we accept our inner guidance, which is the ways of oneness, we are participating in the game. We're allowing source and energy to flow to and through us. It's a dance, if you may. In my last book, I termed it the accept dance when I was discussing acceptance. Not a bad hashtag there either, right? Hashtag accept dance. 
When we actively seek to become more self-aware, we begin to notice specific qualities in our lives that we might not have noticed before. We recognize the meaningful happenings that we used to call coincidences. We become aware of our source, God, Stevels. We come to know oneness. We feel loved. We understand the duality that this life presents us. We learn what surrender and acceptance really mean. We experience bliss, and we become less judgmental. Not bad, huh? And all from acknowledging your inner guidance and accepting what you feel in the way of intuition. I can honestly say that I've experienced everything I've listed here, not continually, but intermittently throughout my life. Do I want to live that way 24-7? Of course I do. Who wouldn't? But as we all grow within our spirituality, we all experience the highs and lows, the ecstasy and the pitfalls. It's only natural, my friends. Just know that living from a place of self-awareness has its advantages. So as we navigate through life using the ways of oneness, we must come to know our truth. Yes, we will all carry certain beliefs and core values that were handed down to us. If those beliefs and values still resonate as truths to you, then that's fine. Here's a surefire way to know if something you've been doing for a long time works with you or not. Trust your intuition. Listen to your gut, as they say. If you feel even the slightest bit of hesitation or a sense of doubt when you think about it, that's your higher source, your stevils, telling you that it's not right for you. So be honest with yourself. Challenge yourself. And never be afraid of change. It's the only way we get to grow spiritually. Acceptance is how we pay the toll on this journey. My last book had an entire chapter written about acceptance and how important it is in our lives. Yes, some of us are lucky enough to be doing solely what they love, but many of us are not that lucky. With that said, we can go to work begrudgingly every day, hating each moment, or we can approach each day with acceptance. Heck, I spent 30 years working in Manhattan. Yes, I was blessed to be an officer at a large brokerage firm, but I knew in my heart of hearts that it wasn't my calling. I didn't have a passion for it. I was very good at it, and I was so very appreciative for all that it provided for me and for Andrea, but it wasn't my love of oneness and music. So I made a conscious decision not to hate or despise what I did, I knew that would only make my three hours of daily commuting that much harder to bear. You see, we always have a choice. Even if we don't like what we are currently doing, we still have a choice whether or not to let it ha harm our lives. Because carrying negativity like that only lowers our energy and vibrations. And if we choose to accept what we may be doing and remain positive about it, we will raise those vibrations which will allow more of life to flow to us. It's all about taking responsibility. Acceptance means that we make an internal decision or choice to not allow our circumstances to affect us negatively.
living from the ways of oneness, which is living in the now, we tend to enjoy what we do on a more consistent basis. We do that because we know that now is all we have. And it all comes back to acceptance. It all comes back to the choices that we make in life. We can look at any given day and say, today sucks and I'm going to be miserable. Or today's great, I'm going to have a great day. Choices, my friend. Choices. And by the way, there's a whole chapter about choices later in this book. Once you know what your truth is, and you have the knowledge that your beliefs and thoughts are truly your own, you will be more aligned with source. And once you're aligned with source, you need to feel the signs that your intuition will provide to you.